you're no longer going to have an excuse not to have more kids and you're not going to be able to tell your in-laws you can't afford it anymore. So you found the one downside to a Salesforce career. We're going to have to edit the episode. We can't air this. Hi, I'm Anita Smith. I'm Bradley Rice. And And you're you're listening listening to the the Salesforce Salesforce for Everyone podcast. In today's show, two couples share the pros that come with both partners working in Salesforce. So it's just having that immediate help. He understands if my day is going a certain type of way, you know, like he can roll it. Also, we get a little bit of free advertising as Talent Stalker gets the love it deserves. I feel like we can just end the show and run this as a commercial. We're all done. We appreciate you guys joining. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Salesforce for Everyone podcast. In today's episode, we actually have a pretty special panel today. We are going to be talking to couples who have transitioned into Salesforce careers together. So, you know, I talk to a lot of people who are transitioning into Salesforce careers alone. And a lot of times there's the question, can I do this? Is this possible? And today we're actually going to uncover that not only is it possible for one person to do it, it's possible for two people to do it, living in the same house at the same time. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this. And with me today, as always, is Anita Smith. How's it going, Anita? Hey, it's going pretty well. Been busy house shopping. Finally going to make the big move and make a purchase. (laughs) How about yourself? How are you? I'm doing good. It's just like, you've got a tough life. Like every episode, it's, you know, like coming back from these awesome vacations and just trying to get back into the swing of things and now buying houses. And it's just, it's hard. And so I mean, this wouldn't have been possible without Talon Stacker and my new Salesforce career. That's why I'm living it (laughs) up now. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. I am a fan of taking advantage of your freedom. So that's really awesome. Obviously, that's tongue in cheek, but I'm I'm actually really happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. And looks like this program has also helped some other people in their lives. I'd love to introduce the two couples we have. First one is Heather and Shaniqua. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. We're here from Houston, Texas. I'm Shaniqua, and I'm currently a business analyst. I'm Heather, and I'm currently a junior developer. What else do we say? No, that's great. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you. And Jen and Justin, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot. Yeah, so I'm Jen, and we're both from the St. Louis area, and we're actually both Salesforce consultants currently. I'm Justin. (laughs) Awesome. Welcome to the show, guys. So I want to first start this off by hearing y'all's origin story. (laughs) Like, how did you start? How did you even hear about Salesforce? Jen and Justin, would you like to go first? Sure. Yeah. So I actually use Salesforce at my old company. And that's really where I started learning the platform. I was given the opportunity to become kind of an accidental admin and learn the backside of Salesforce for my specific team. From there, I just kind of started looking into it more and realized that there's a whole ecosystem behind it and that I could make a really good career out of it. So when my daughter was about six months old and I kind of had a little bit more headspace, I started jumping into Trailhead and started learning Salesforce. Yeah. And at that same time, I was basically neck deep in studying for cybersecurity to kind of transition out of the entertainment industry, somewhere that we had both worked prior to. And then, of course, the pandemic kind of wiped that out for us and just really put in the forefront it was time to make a change. Um, And along that journey... 
I was offered a job in cybersecurity and it just didn't seem to mesh with what we were trying to do or accomplish as a couple. And we had already kind of started to joke around about, well, maybe I should just go into that. And we'll just continue doing the same career path forever. And then it kind of became realistic and it was just a opportunity to really present itself as far as like the ultimate flexibility for us moving forward with our family. So you mentioned something right there, Justin, like what you guys were looking to accomplish as a couple. I was wondering if you could elaborate some on that, because I think a lot of people, when they're evaluating what to do next in their careers and they start getting excited about technology, if you went and Googled, like, what are the top 10 technologies that you can transition into? You know, Salesforce and cybersecurity are both going to land on that top 10 list most of the time. So you'd already put in the work for cybersecurity. You'd already gotten a job offer for cybersecurity but it didn't align with your goals as a family. So what is it about Salesforce that aligned more with your goals than something like cybersecurity? Well, I think right off the bat, just the, you know, working remotely out of the get-go, whereas like cybersecurity, I could probably work remotely, but it was going to be several years till I had more seniority with that for sure. Then also it's going to depend on, you know, where your work was, you know, Salesforce is pretty much wide open as far as remote work. And for us also, Jen always had a dream, like, you know, her mom was around to pick up her daughter from the bus stop and, and drop her off, you know, in the mornings and be there. And Jen wanted that same thing for our children. And it just kind of really spoke to us and, and showed us it was a possibility. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate that. So how about you guys, Eva or Shaniqua? So I guess I'll go first. So I heard of Salesforce back in 2016 through a friend of mine who I'm actually now trying to get certified. My friend, he told me, you know, his wife or ex-wife's cousin at the time had this job where he worked from home, made like $65 an hour and, you know, got to travel the world. And I was like, oh, I mean, that sounds incredible. What does he do? You know, and then he told me, he's like, oh, he does this thing called Salesforce, told me to go on Trailhead. We went on Trailhead. We got lost for like two weeks and we stopped going on Trailhead. I got a new job, went through a pretty bad breakup. So I kind of like stopped focusing on Salesforce for a couple of years until last year in 2021, I was, uh, I don't remember what I was doing. I was doing something, reading some news article about the stock market and I read that Salesforce was acquiring Slack. And I was like, hey, I know what that Salesforce thing is. I've heard about it before. And then that's when I kind of started re-researching into what, uh, what it is that it was and, you know, get some more information, went on YouTube, found Bradley's video and the rest is pretty much history at this point. <laughs> yeah. And I was, you know, being who I am, I was off getting my lashes done, you know, being Shaniqua and I come home and he's like, oh, honey, I've got it. I've got the plan. And I'm like, this is plan number 2053 and, you know, 0.675. Is this one going to work? And he's like, no, I promise. This is it. So I'm like, okay, what is it this time? So he shows me Bradley's videos. He shows me Trailhead. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. I can see how you think this could go a good way. Okay. So we get on Trailhead, you know, and I'm like, I don't know about this Java stuff. You know, I don't know computers like you. He is just, I guess, drawn to that. He already was studying Java when I met him and stuff like that. So I just figured it was something that he should do more so than me. So I was just going to be like supportive in the beginning. Like, yes, I'm trying. I'm doing the trailhead too. Go ahead, sweetie. But the way that they had it set up and everything, it was easy for me to learn and pick up on it. And it just ended up being a really good partnership because it would be times where I would want to give up, but he's like a calmer person. So he's just like, okay, calm down. 
let's think about it. Let's work on it together. And especially the super badges. So, you know, just him bringing it to me like that, explained it to me. He told me the whole story from 2016. He's like, I'm telling you, it's legit. Look, Bradley's videos are like, I know it seems like a scam, but I'm promising you it's legit. So I'm like, you know, it has to be legit. We continue to learn. And yeah, like you said, the rest is history. Yeah, I was like, Jose cannot be lying to me. And now Bradley lying to me. And everybody Everyone's else lying. that I've seen that tells me like, this is it, is lying to me. And this is not it. Like, this, there's no way. <laughs> this has to be it. But she actually, she was the one that made the jump and got us enrolled in Talent Stack. Cause, oh, well done, Janiqua. Yeah. I was like, man, do I, do I want to join? Do I want to do it? And she was like, oh, by the way, I joined you. What? Oh, yeah. You remember when I asked you for your card earlier? That's what it was for. <laughs> Great action. So. I'm done talking. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So Heather is the idea man and Shanika is the person that gets, oh gets us done. <laughs> the executor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that that's interesting. So you guys went through the whole process pretty much together, like through studying and certification. Justin, how long did it take you to jump on the Salesforce bandwagon? Did you wait till Jen landed her job and got a paycheck? Um, it was like a month and a half, I think, before that. Like she got her job and started in September, and I started studying somewhere in August. So probably about the time she was hired. Yeah, I believe I was interviewing at the time. Nice. It's interesting what you guys bring up. This this two degrees of influence is like what what I think of it as is. I've heard that story so many times, not the exact story, but the story of, I heard somebody talking about it, sounded good, but then I had to hear it from somebody else that was close to me. Like They have to hear it from an outside source and an inside source to be like, okay, all right, this might actually be a real thing. So yeah, that's fun to see that again. So I think like moving forward from this, you know, you, you guys mentioned that Shaniqua sort of pushed you guys into like, hey, we're just joining this talent stacker thing. What made that a reality? Like... I know you guys saw me on YouTube and that that's great, but why join something like Talent Stacker? Like I'm biased. I could give you a hundred reasons, right? But what made you guys decide, you know, this is something we could do ourselves. I'm sure you figured that was a possibility. So why something like the Talent Stacker program to help through this? So what stood out to me that made me join is I did the five-day challenge. So I went on and I built my LinkedIn out and I made my trailhead and I did all of that. And I, I did. I seen I'm like, I'm like, you technically could do this by yourself. But it was just the way you explained what the program would bring to it, like the learning how to market yourself on LinkedIn and how to, you know, build out the projects, being able to do a volunteer project which actually worked out for me very, very well. So those additional little things, those additives, and then having a group of people, it's great starting it with Heather, but having a group, if we ran into something that him and I both didn't understand, who would we then reach out to? Because yeah, we could do it by ourselves, but then we're going to be on YouTube again. So why not get in a group of trusted individuals who have already done this and then other people who are also currently doing it so we can all study together and, you know, bounce ideas off of each other, learn from other people's experiences, having that encouragement after, you know, you get past everything and you pass your test and then you're applying and then you feel down because you're getting denials and all this other stuff. There's other people right there who you know and you see everyday commenting who are going through the exact same thing with you. So it just, to me, it just made more sense to do it with other people than just him and I trying to do it. Yeah. And the ability also to ask questions. But for me, more so what pushed me to join the group besides obviously Shaniqua taking my card (laughs) 
was, you know, just the fact that you had very good testimonials on your YouTube. So it wasn't just Bradley is telling me, hey, this is the way. It was Bradley and all his disciples telling me, hey, this is the way. Plus, on top of the fact that I already knew that there was somebody, you know, in real life that was already working and and living basically the dream. And also the fact that there's like nobody else out there right now that's willing to give you everything that Talon Stacker gives you. Just period. I mean, there you're not gonna find that level of um organization and help and and kind of like family outside of the group, no matter how hard you try. Obviously, I, I appreciate that. It's so cool to hear it from the perspective of you guys, like from the inside going through that process. It's funny because Akila Das, another actual couple, her and her husband Anurag, they went through, and I think at first he was he was a lot more skeptical. And I remember her saying she was like. All these testimonials, like, are all these people in it together scamming everybody? Or is like this for real? <laughs> it was like she said she finally got to a point where she, where she was like, there's no way this many people would be on board with doing this. This has to be legit. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Yeah, watch enough testimonials and <laughs> it starts to feel like it might actually be happening. So, what about you guys, Justin, Jen? Yeah, so I think for me, I was actually most of the way through Trailhead and about ready to sit for the test. But what really made me want to join was just, I really thought the hardest part was going to be landing that job and the interview prep and getting that experience. And those, of course, are all things that Talent Stacker provides. And I, I truly do think it helped me land my job a lot faster. Yeah, I think for me, like, even though she had joined, I kind of watched her go along and, you know, saw the things that she was doing. And I was like, oh, I could just copy that. But at the same time, it was like, okay, I'm not going to have the network, the community, and then also the, the project, which is, I think is a huge part of the journey, just being able to participate in that to get that experience was like kind of a no brainer. Also, you know, really that LinkedIn side of things, you know, being able to lay that out. I mean, Shaniqua mentioned like, you can go on YouTube and kind of learn how to do that, but are you really going to follow it? Or are you really going to do that extra search to find out what you need? You know, kind of lay it out. And I think it definitely separates talent stackers for looking for new positions versus like anybody just looking for a new position. Because I know in my job searches prior to Salesforce, I did not really know or research the right spots of how to really put that stuff together. Even though I mean, I have my LinkedIn, I was connected to people, I used it a little bit, but not necessarily in the right ways. That's awesome. I feel like we can just end the show and run this as a commercial. We're all done. We appreciate yeah, you guys we're joining. Done. I want to hear about the unique benefits of being a couple working in Salesforce because I've been trying to convince my boyfriend who's really like not for it at all. He has to be hands-on. He can't sit in a computer all day. But I would love to hear in the dream world what cool benefits you guys get to have from I guess just like both working remotely, right? Is everyone here remote? Okay, yeah, everyone's here remote. Shaniqua, Heber, would you guys like to go first? Personally, for me, I have to build a lot of flows, a lot of flows. And Heber is right here across the hall. He's, I mean, my desk is right here. He's right here. And I'm like, <clears throat> can you come help me write this flow real quick? He's like, what do you have to do? Just uh, put it into such and such, such, such. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't think about that. All right. And it worked. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. That's why I got you. That's why I got you right there. That'll be half your check. <laughs> right. And I'll send you my invoice. <laughs> but yeah, it's just having someone right here immediately for me to 
either just second, like I'm just making sure I know what I'm doing. Cause nine times out of 10, I'm pretty confident that I know what I'm doing. But if I do get to a point where I'm stuck before I reach out to even someone at work, I'll ask Kevin because I don't feel like he understands it more, but certain things like flow and stuff like that, he just is better at it than I am. So having him here to be able to help me with things like that or vice versa, I can help him with things because he works in a different industry than I'm a consultant business analyst working for a consultancy, but he works for a major insurance company. So he does like a totally different job, but we both are using Salesforce. So he can help me with certain things and then I help him with certain things. So it's just having that immediate like help. He understands if my day is going a certain type of way, you know, like he can roll it. What do you feel? Yeah. So just yesterday, my dad, he's sick. He's going through, you know, medical procedures and stuff. He had to go to the hospital just for a routine checkup. But my mom usually takes care of our son and she had to go with him because she had to drive him. And so he had to spend the day here with us. And that's not a problem when you work from home or when you're doing Salesforce, especially like in my job, my job, it's usually not like you know, we have like an urgent need for you to be here, you know, constantly eight to five. It's very, hey, there's nothing going on right now. There's no fires. So just work on a little report or, you know, go do this or go do that. And so it's like, oh my God, a three alarm fire, everybody run, go to your places, you know, and then we're all like just hectic because nothing's working. But, you know, I can like take care of my son. I can play with him, take him outside, not have to really, you know, worry too much about do I have to be back on the computer? Is somebody writing at me or emailing me or telling me this or that? It's not, you don't constantly have to like be in the burner, like I, I like to say. So it does give you a little bit more time to be free. And then, yeah, also the fact that, you know, I get to work with my wife being right there. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes, you know, I need a little space. So I go out to the backyard and Bye. work, but <laughs> you guys can't see. Bradley's making the the cut, making him try to stop. Shaniqua's making all kinds of faces right now. (laughs) You were so far ahead. It's so great to do it as a family. Like, oh no. I'm not not just going to paint a Picasso for everybody. It does have a couple of drawbacks. I don't want like a year from now, somebody being like, hey, I did this with my wife and it's not working out like you said. What gives? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Disclaimer. Your wife's different. Yeah. That probably wouldn't go that well. <laughs> oh, that was really good. <laughs> All right, Jen and Justin. So I think for us, we've actually worked together quite a bit in the past. So we're kind of used to having a working relationship. Um, we probably need to figure out how to balance some of those conversations. But Yeah, it's just nice to have someone close by to kind of bounce ideas off of and, yeah, just help solve some of the issues that, you know, we're facing. I think, like, the main thing is also, like, the support. You kind of get that from your community, but you have that at home without reaching out. You know, you have a bad day or you just run into a problem. You're just kind of like, oh, you got this. Uh, You know, as simple as that can just be, like, a great thing to get through the day. You know, unless we're both on calls all day long. That's like the only like negative thing about working at home, working in the same area is just like, all right, you kind of got to balance your calls and who's, who's, who's in a meeting, but um, no, it makes it really great. Yeah. That's really interesting. Like to me, I've seen obviously you guys and a few other couples in talent stacker, but even, you know, before talent stacker, I had good friends, Caden and Megan, who were, it was like the first junior Salesforce job I ever had. I worked with this guy named Caden and we're still good friends today. And 
they were the first like Salesforce couple that I knew. And once I got to know them better, it was so cool the opportunities that they had. Like they've been in it as long as I have, so like 10 plus years. And these opportunities to potentially, you know, do some consulting on your own sort of behind the scenes or even in the future when they get to approaching retirement for one person to be able to retire and the other one to stay full time, but they can sort of manage the workload together because they both have the skills that they need. And it just creates so many other interesting benefits that I think just give you more flexibility. And like one day, I know you guys have young kids just like I do, but one day they they won't be young anymore and they'll be more independent and doing their own thing. And then you'll probably have more time to use that flexibility in other ways. You know, the fact that you might have some downtime where, yeah, it's between eight and five, but you can spend half an hour working on maybe a side hustle or a hobby that you enjoy and things like that. And it's, I, I think it's just really incredible as a career path, both right now in this moment, being in your first year or two, but then long-term, it just, just the multiplier effect keeps going and going. One other thing I wanted to note was you guys mentioned accountability a few times. And I think especially in this journey where you're still figuring out like, is this for us? Like, can I do this? Am I really like, I'm not a computer person, but can I be a computer person in this way? And if you're by yourself, like if you're just sitting in the corner having those thoughts, that can overwhelm you. That could be the end. That could be the absolute end, not picking up trailhead again. I'm going to do some online shopping, pretend this never happened and moved along. And, and I would say the number one reason that people give up on Salesforce is because they don't have accountability. And I think through Talent Stacker, that's why we do things like immediately get in a study group if you can. If not, just join the community, start leaning into these conversations when you get on a volunteer project, you're doing that with other people that are right there with you. It's like constant accountability, which leads to, a, you guys know, just a massive gain long-term. It's those study group partners and volunteer project partners become your letters of recommendation and your references on your background check. And there's just a huge multiplier to not just having accountability, but to having someone to be there to sort of move some of these pieces along in the future. And they might even land a job and then you know, be a reference to bring you into that role. So there's there's just so many opportunities when you do this together instead of doing it broken apart and just sort of by yourself in a room all alone is how I sort of think of it. And there's just so much more risk when you take that route. And this takes it to a whole new level. You're doing it together in the house. It's not like Shaniqua can stop. And, you know, obviously Hever's going to come along and be like, hey, like, it's cool that you took a week off, but we got to get back to this at some point. So sorry about my monologue, first of all, but I'd like to think about how do you view this? And maybe you haven't thought about this, but how is this going to change the trajectory for your family from like what you were doing before to what you're doing now when you include things like the income, the flexibility, the increasing pay scales over time? Because we know it it gets wild after you get two, three, four, five years in. It just it gets crazier and crazier. How has this changed what you guys are doing at home today? And then what do you think is going to happen? You know, that's going to be a little bit different over the next three to five years, I guess. I'll let you guys start, Hever and Shaniqua. Just from the past, I guess we did travel, I guess maybe just a little bit less. Lexington, our son was born only six months before COVID, so he hasn't been able to travel because of that. So he's never really been anywhere other outside of the state of Texas because we just have been too scared to take him on a plane or anything like that. But now he's also three, so we have to buy him his own ticket. So, But it's easier <laughs> to be able to do that now. And not think about the fact like, oh, we can't pay for him as his own seat. Let's lie and say he's two. Tell him to not talk. 
sit him on my lap so that we can fly. But yeah, it has opened the door to a, a whole bunch of different things, being able to put him possibly in a school next year so that he we can, you know, relieve his mom of the duty of taking care of him during the day. But yeah, it, it just has opened up the doors in the possibility of things for us so much more than they were. We were worried when we first had him in 2019, just if we would have another baby, you know, babies can be expensive and take a lot of time. But now, you know, it, it isn't so much of a, if we will, it was like when we will, his parents are always on me asking for another grandchild. So it's not like, oh, I can't because we can't afford it now. I can't lie because we can so it, it has. It has just opened the doors to a whole bunch of different things, a brand new reality for us. And like you said, for years to come, it's just going to get more and more. And I just think about Lexington or another child that we have, the possibilities that they will now have because we can do different things for them. So, yeah, that's how I feel. What do you feel has changed? So for me, OK, and I know it's going to seem a little weird, but the biggest change for me has actually been psychological. So and I'll give you an, an example we recently went to Mexico on vacation. We went to Cabo and we were there for a week. Towards the end, so like that Thursday before the Friday we were supposed to come back, she asked me, she's like, oh, are you, you know, starting to get kind of anxious, you know, because you have to go back to work on, well, not Monday, Tuesday, because that Monday we came back was a holiday on Tuesday, you know? And I was like, no, I'm not at all. Because I know that my job is very, I mean, for the lack of a better word, it's very chill. You know, people are going to ask me about my holiday pictures. They're going to want to know everything I did, probably set up a 30 minute meeting with me just to go over my vacation. So it's going to be like very like a calm reintroduction. Whereas with my previous job, which was a call center, I dreaded Monday through Friday every single day for the five plus years that I worked there. I could not wake up on a Monday morning with a smile on my face. I promise you, unless it was a holiday. (laughs) And now it's like, oh, work tomorrow? Oh, it's fine. It's, you know, dandy. So it's really psychological, but you don't think about how much stress that builds in you or how much stress it causes you until you leave that situation and you're in a better situation. You're like, wow, I can't believe I was that stressed over a job. But you have to be kind of so. Yeah, that's awesome. I I love that. Like, I think my favorite part of all this is the the psychological side. Like, I'm more of like the lifestyle side. Like, I love Salesforce. I love the pay scales. I love the flexibility. But the thing I love the most is that you can design a life that you actually value and you want to live. Your career checks. You, you can now check the box of income. Like, I've got income. And any job checks that box. I mean. Not any job, but any job that you actually want that pays what you needed to pay checks that box. But that's a baseline. And now Salesforce is going to check the box of income. Okay, but what about flexibility? Now I get to work from home. And then the insane demand for your skills to the point where if you weren't in a position like that, if you were going like, oh my gosh, I I hate going to work on Monday. I don't want to go there. You're going to be able to just hop into the Salesforce community and talk to other people and be like, hey, where do y'all work? How is it there? What's it like? Hop on the phone with somebody for 15 minutes and get a a rundown and then go, that's not the experience I'm having. I want to have that experience. So I'm going to I'm going to hop over there because I know I can get an interview by the end of the week and have a new job by the end of the month. That's a reality and I think that's my favorite part about all of this is that it's not about careers and income and all that. I mean, that's awesome. That's the first threshold that you get over, but after that you move into a different world. It really is a, an amazing thing. 
So, and I, I also want to point out that you guys may have found the loophole in this whole Salesforce thing, the, the massive downside. And it's that you're no longer going to have an excuse not to have more kids and you're not going to be able to tell your in-laws you can't afford it anymore. So you found the one downside to a Salesforce career. It's <laughs> We're going to have to edit the episode. We can't air this. All right. Sorry, Justin, Jen. What do you guys think as far as life change goes? I think for us, it's not necessarily as much right now as it is like down the road, the life change that we're looking for. I mean, we definitely have all everything that here and Shaniqua mentioned. I mean, that's spot on. Definitely kind of experience those same things. But Jen made the mistake of also, you know, not only introducing Salesforce to me, but then she introduced Fi to me. So now I'm like in every rabbit hole possible. So now I'm like, okay, I can retire a little early. I can travel and work. And, you know, the income also provides us to do that. Just like two weeks ago, we spent a week out of town working at my brother-in-law's house, able to spend time with them. But we also worked. So, you know, we weren't taking PTO. We weren't spending a lot of money on travel because we definitely went down, you know, the five journey of travel hacking. So we kind of just throw it all together. And, you know, it's, it's really going to open up not only now, but in the future. And something I really want to do is live somewhere else for a little while. And Salesforce is going to provide that. You know, I don't have to take stop working if I don't want to, to go live somewhere for six months. Um, and just to alter my day and how it works. So I mean, that's one of our biggest plans. Yeah, I think really, like, when I first started learning about Salesforce, I had this like huge checklist of, of wants, you know, that I was looking for, um, trying to find a new career. And when I found Salesforce, you know, I started going down and it just seemed to check all of those boxes, which was kind of insane. Because it's like when you're shopping for a house, you know, you have to make some uh, concessions. But for some reason, you know, Salesforce wasn't like that. So yeah, I think for us, really, it's just opened up the doors to so many different possibilities. And I think in a way, we're still just kind of processing everything and just figuring out what we want to do. And we're building some really good foundations right now to set ourselves up for success. And so yeah, once we figure out what that is, you know, we'll be able to go down that path, no problem. Yeah, that's excellent. And I wanted to point out too that, you know, Justin mentioned FI, you know, financial independence. And if you haven't listened to the previous podcast episodes, you may not have heard us talk about this yet, but financial independence is sort of a, it's this idea and it's a, it's a very real idea, just like Salesforce careers that you can retire way earlier than the norm. And you don't have to retire, but you have the option to, and you reach this point where you no longer need income in order to support your lifestyle. And for most people, the American dream is that that's at 60, 65 years old. And then you hear about people retiring earlier at like 50, 55 years old. And this whole, you know, I would say movement of financial independence has brought us in a direction that says, what if I could retire by 40? What if I could retire in my 30s? And that is still fairly uncommon. But retiring in your 40s has become very normal in the financial independence community. And the reason that that is so doable, like sort of the tagline, especially from Choose FI, which is a podcast you should definitely listen to about you know financial independence and all the concepts surrounding it. But one of their taglines is save more, spend less, invest the difference. And with careers like Salesforce, we can sort of flip that formula and we can say, make more, save more, invest the difference. You don't necessarily have to spend less. You could actually spend a little bit more and still be investing more and retiring earlier. So that's my quick rundown on financial independence and sort of what it is and what it can do and how it is incorporated into the Salesforce conversation. So I do want to ask before this podcast is over, um, 
I had, I would say, the privilege of meeting Hever and Shaniqua at a meetup in Houston. And I got to hear Hever's job landed story. And a lot of times these are relatively similar, heard about Salesforce, went on Trailhead, got a certification, did Talent Stacker, landed a job. And I think most of that's in parallel, but you've got a pretty awesome story as far as like how it went down. So do you mind sharing that with us? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I passed my exam August 13th of 2021, my admin exam. I currently am developer certified as well. So I passed my admin exam uh, August 13, 2021. That was on a Friday, if I'm not mistaken. I posted it on the following Monday because I always post on LinkedIn Monday morning so I can have like the most traction, or at least I did when I was trying to look for a job. Now I like don't care. I post on Sunday. Like <laughs> So posted on Monday, early in the morning. That same Monday at around like 3 or 4 p.m., I had who would then be my project manager reach out to me and you know she was like oh you know I looked at your LinkedIn profile it looks good I'm interested in giving you a job interview and I I mean I was besides myself I could not believe you know that it was happening like this is really fast I just passed my test on Friday I just posted it today and I'm now getting my first interview like just now you know so very, very fast. I tell Shaniqua, we hadn't even done the volunteer project yet. I did the volunteer project in Talent Stacker after I had gone through my second round of interviews. And I pretty much already knew I had the job, but I was like, I'm going to do the project anyways, just to kind of like, before I start, propel me forward a little bit so that I'm not like completely lost on my first day on the job. So I still did the, uh, the volunteer project started working my first day on the job was September 27th. So from August 13th that I got certified to my first day on the job, September 27th, you know, you had to go through the whole like uh, background check, drug screening. They had to go through the whole HR, you know, all four interviews. So it happened fairly quickly as opposed to, you know, other people that it might take a little bit longer for my whole entire like certification to job landed post was less than a month. I mean, it happened really, really, really fast. I did not expect it to happen that quickly, honestly. That is amazing. Man, that's so fast. <laughs> All right. So everyone here except you, Heather, works for a consulting company. And I get this question a lot from newcomers. You know, should I go consultant route or be an internal admin for a just a company that uses Salesforce? And you guys, you know... Shaniqua works for a consultancy. You work for an actual company. Who has the better job? I by far have the better job. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what makes it better? I humble a bit. I just feel like I have the opportunity to deal with different things, I guess. Like I get to do field service. I get to do service cloud voice. I do service cloud sales, cloud projects. I get my hands in all types of different industries. Meanwhile, he just works in his one. So I get to meet all types of different clients, which can be good or bad. But I feel like my skills, we both came from the exact same job before. So we failed to mention that, that we also worked together for five and a half years before we did Salesforce together at the call center for a major insurance company. So I know what it's like to work in a call center. So to be on the other side, to be an agent advocate as the consultant working on certain projects, especially for like service cloud voice, 
where that's what they're implementing is a chat bot or the, the call center within Salesforce, I can stand up for the agent and be like, hey, that's not going to work because that's unreasonable because I know the life of an agent. So I feel like I have a more active day than he does sometimes. How do you feel your job is different or do you feel your job is better than mine? I feel like my job is busier. So I work for client services, which is a huge department in my company. Just my Salesforce org alone has 1,900 users, and we're still expanding. So by the end of the year, we plan on being over 2,000 users. And it's four of us on the business team. So I'm in charge of like help tickets, service requests. So whenever something breaks or an error happens or something doesn't work as expected or somebody expected something to work one way and it's working another, but another is how it should be working, then I'm kind of the one that receives all of those requests. So my day is pretty, it it stays busy. When you have like 2000 users to manage, it can get pretty hectic. A lot of times since our org is like more automated, a lot lot of stuff in our org has been automated already. We don't really get a whole lot of issues throughout the day. But then when we do get some issues, they're like, pretty big issues like, oh, you know, this broke, how do we fix it? And then it requires like a whole bunch of communicating with other departments. And it's a lot. So you're seem more stressful then, right? That's interesting. I mean, I don't know. So I've heard different things from people who work at consultancy. Some are like really stressed out. Some aren't so stressful. But I was always under the impression working for a company that just uses Salesforce wasn't as stressful. Hmm, good to know. I would say it just depends on like how many users you have, like the user to admin ratio can't be too high. Like if you have, you know, a thousand users and you're a solo admin, yeah, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's all I can say. So it just depends on, you know, if you have a lot of users, if you have a lot of issues in your org, if your org has a lot of, you know, incomplete stories or just stuff that was just kind of left halfway, then you are going to have to deal with a lot of issues. But I don't think my job is like more stressing. Like I'm not ever like super duper stressed out. It's always like, hey, this broke. I don't know how to fix it. How do we fix it? So I ask the team, the team helps me. Or if I do know how to fix it, I just go in there and fix it and problem solved and just move on to the next thing. But it's not, I I don't want to say like, oh, you know, I have 2000 users. I'm babysitting all 2000 people. And it's like super stressful all the time. It's not, it's pretty chill, but you know, there are times where stuff happens. I just feel like me being as a consultant, it's not as spontaneous. Like I already know what I have to do. We have our meetings set up. I already know what's pretty much coming up. The only way it gets stressful is more so when you're dealing with the client. For example, right now we have one product that's in UAT and they're like, oh, we haven't tested yet. And it's like, sweetie, you only got us for three more days. So you (laughs) might want to start testing because your contract is done. What are you doing? They're like, oh, well, this is broken, is this? And then you go and check their login. They've only logged in to test one day. <laughs> but we're gone, we're gone. So that can be the most stressful part is just having clients who just, they're causing the stress. But the job itself isn't stressful that much to me. I think that's where you get that from consultants because uh, it can sometimes be like babysitting. But it's- I have to agree with that too because <laughs> like, that's that's my most stressful part of the day is like, is a testing done? And yes. no, but we're, wait, we're going to deploy tonight. Wait, what? <laughs> are we are we serious here? <laughs> it's like, all right, oh, let's slow down a little bit. But I think it also depends on like which consultancy you're at. If you're at one of the smaller ones, one of the larger ones, like I work for one of the much larger ones where like I'm on one project, I, I do one role and the same thing every day for the most part. So it's not minimal exposure, but it's not exposed to multiple orgs. I'm primarily working like service cloud and 
that doesn't really change for the length of the project. And I know like Jen works at a slightly smaller one, but similar, but she also has opportunity to work on some smaller projects, which is definitely a different experience than I've had so far. Yeah, my experience so far has been working on small projects, but there's some projects that can be, you know, multi-year, multi-org, and can have multiple work streams going on. And so obviously, there's a lot of complications that can be introduced in a situation like that. And for everyone listening, I'll give you a quick breakdown of terms that we may have just heard in the last three to five minutes. And then you can rewind three to five minutes and re-listen to that conversation, and it might make more sense. So UAT... That's user acceptance testing. And that typically happens at the end of a project where you've done a lot of work as a team, you've delivered a lot of work to your customer, the person actually using Salesforce or the company actually using Salesforce. And now they have to go test and make sure that what they said to you and then what you built actually works the way that they were expecting it to and what they thought it was going to do. They go do testing to make sure that it works. So that's what UAT is. And then a deployment is when you do a lot of work and you don't just release it one little thing at a time, you do a body of work, like a complete project, and then you deploy that to the company all at once and you do training and they do testing and those kind of things. So that's what a deployment is. And then I know we use the term orgs a lot of times. And man, that's actually a tough one to describe. Maybe somebody could help me out, but it's each instance of Salesforce. So Amazon has an org and Coca-Cola has an org. And every customer that uses Salesforce has their own org and they actually have their production orgs that they work in. And that's like where the company works. And then they have these other orgs called sandboxes where you test things and you try to make sure it's working properly before you do a deployment to production. So hopefully that that helps. So now now you're going to have to rewind like four <laughs> to six minutes and, and re-listen. Yeah, that makes sense to me, but... <laughs> Yeah. And some companies also have multiple orgs, like the company that I work in, we have a total, I think of 11. So every department pretty much can get one, or you can have sometimes multiple departments in one org, basically. All right. Well, that was pretty epic. I think like, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And obviously I want, I want to thank both of you couples, the Capotes and the Hex for coming and joining us. We really appreciate you taking your time out to to share your story, to help empower, I think, future people, but also future families and couples and really flipping sideways and and just totally upside down what a household can do. You can go from doing, not just one person can go from doing one thing and then pivoting careers, but a family can go from doing one thing and pivot careers. And this is 100% doable. So thank you for coming on, sharing those stories, and and I think giving people a pathway to know they, they can do this too. Yep. And if you're interested in getting started, exactly like how Shaniqua did with the five-day challenge, head over to talentstacker.com forward slash start and sign up there. It'll give you a great head start. And if you haven't already, obviously, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, you actually enjoy this episode, the best thing you can do for us is to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and then write a written review. Leave us some feedback. Ask us a question. Let us know how we're doing. And you can also head over to talentstacker.com forward slash voicemail, and you can leave us a voicemail for an opportunity to actually have your question aired on the podcast, and we'll answer your question live on the show, and then you'll actually hear yourself in the show. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. 
Thank you for joining us today. To get started for free on your own Salesforce career, go to talentstacker.com forward slash start or check the show notes. There you'll find all the resources you need to start earning 60 to 80,000 in as little as eight months, no matter your education or career background. The Salesforce for Everyone podcast was produced by Edmund T and engineered by Andrew Mendonca. If you like what we do at this Scrappy Can Do podcast, please help others find us by leaving a five-star rating and a great review on whichever platform you're listening to us right now. See you next time.